You're listening to a bonus episode of The Dairy Age, featuring Chagisk's weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also available as a podcast. Good morning, everyone, and you're very welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar. I'm joined this week by Chloe Miller from the Tipperary Calf to Beef Demo Farm. Chloe, can you explain um, a little bit about the project just for our viewers and listeners in terms of um, what's the objectives? So, yeah, so look, Chagas, um, we signed a lease on a farm in Tipperary just um, between Fetterd and Cashel there um, on April, actually the 1st of April 2022, we signed a lease. Um, Chagas had the lease on the farm for 15 years and we formed a share farm agreement with um, a meat processor and a dairy processor. So our meat processor is Dawn Meats, based Blown Grena, and uh, our dairy processor is... Um, the subsidiary of them, um, Shinnok Farm there in Bandon, so essentially Carberry Co-op. Um, so yeah, look, we've, we farmed a, a Ballyvaden Beef Farm Limited, which is what the farm is going to trade under. It's a 105 hectare grassland farm. Um, as I say, we um, signed the lease in 22, and um, when we started, look, the ground was in stubbles, it was in, there was horses on the farm, so very little grassland, very poor quality grass, that what grass was there. So mm. we were, I suppose, lucky in a way that we had no crops to, to deal with or anything like that. So stubble ground went straight back into grass. Um, so of our, 200, or of our 259 acres on the farm, 93 of this is in grassland now today. And we have 30 acres in barley. So... So it, it's all been receded over the last 12 months, Chloe, in terms yeah, of the back so we into have grass about, production. Yeah, we've about 150 acres receded. Um, so it's we're in an excellent position. Our, I suppose our biggest challenge now is to actually keep the grass down. Mm. Uh, we won't say it's a problem, but it is a, definitely a challenge, especially yeah. when we have young stock. I suppose it's da- different on a dairy point of view. Um, you've you've bulk in numbers and you've big animals with your cows grazing high covers. So yes. we don't have that grazing power as such. But um. I'm, I'm going to come back to you on that point, um, Chloe, in terms of that grass and grass management, because that's always a challenge on these farms with young stock. Tell us a little bit then, right, in terms of the overall project, you've explained that. A little bit about what type of system are you running? What type of, you know, stock do you intend on buying? Um, yeah. Age of slaughter, breeds? for the. Yeah, so it's a dairy calf to beef system. So we're buying in 300 cows was the aim to buy in. So we'd run 300 um, zero to one-year-olds and 300 one to two-year-olds to stock to farm. So when we started in 22, um, there was little to no facilities on the farm. So we brought in 56 calves. We reared them on milk at two weeks of age. And we fed them with a tea feeder down in a, an open hay barn, which uh, I suppose in calf to systems is, is what's out there. And it worked very well. We were, it went very well for us. But to stock the farm then, we brought in weaned animals and we built this up to 240 animals. So they would have been 2022 born animals. And I suppose what they were going to graze was very little. So we had to bring in bigger animals too. So we stocked the farm with 230, 20, 21 born animals. Um, so the plan is that we'd bring in, this would be the numbers going forward, we'd roughly have around 600 animals going forward, um, steers and heifers. Um, I suppose we have a big focus put on genetics and what we actually want um, on the farm going forward. I suppose a lot of dairymen, and I know a lot of dairymen listening to this, but a lot of dairymen put an awful lot of focus on picking their dairy sires. But mm. I suppose 
not all, but a good share do leave it up to the AI man or whoever comes into the yard then to pick the beef sires. And I suppose wondering then why they're not getting good value for their calf in the mart later on in the year. So mm. we did put a big emphasis on that. I suppose we're lucky that we are in a position as well that we have full control over our dairy calf coming in. So we have four four source dairy farms. So obviously one of these is Shinock in, in the Shinock farm in Bandon, obviously being one of our shareholders. And we have three other commercial dairy farmers. Um, they all just happen to be based in Cork. So the lads have been very good to us in terms of we have a geneticist here, Alan Toomey, who picks the bulls for us. So Alan actually looks at each herd profile individually and selects certain bulls for certain cows that the lads and the lads do use them and, and it's worked very well for us. So I suppose in terms of that, like we set out a lot of criteria then as well for the lads to follow. So obviously they have to use the bulls that we select. They also have to make all cows available for us so they can't go off and pick the strongest lads and sell them in the mart and we have the rest to pick. Everything has to be available for us to buy. Um, we put a minimum weight on it, which I suppose, look, it's a lot of what you're seeing trends in the marts. Like if you have cows under certain weights, a lot of lads are seeing there's no bids. So to reflect that, we put a weight value on ours. We had it at 35. We dropped it back to 30 just because one of the herds is a crossbred herd and it is hard for them to achieve that, especially at two weeks of age. The cows have to have no signs of ill health and the farmers have to allow us to look at the cows before we buy them. So we send someone down every week to look at the calves. Now, we've had no problems. We've had no scour. We've been very lucky. And the lads also have to give a PI three-inch nasal before they come to us. And they have to get that five days before they come to us. Now, you'd say, does it work? Doesn't it work? 100% from what we can see this year, it has worked. We've had no cases of pneumonia. We've had no ill signs of health. And the calves now that are out of grass, thriving, they're flying it, they're doing really well. So it so, does help, yeah. So really, as you said, the big focus there has been on, okay, the correct genetics, but also in terms of that whole health piece, making yeah. sure calves are healthy, vaccination yeah. protocols, that's massive. And talking to a lot of... It is of massive, yeah. It is massive. Farms, that, that's a big one in terms of... Um, if we can prevent ill health in, in, in young cows moving farm to farm. And like, it's very simple to get that right in terms of like a lad will look after his dairy heifer. He'll give her all the classroom in the world. If you give that same treatment to your beef animal, it's going to pay you in the long run. Like if, especially mm. bull or heifer, like we were testing calves as well for uptake of colostrum within 10 days of age. And even having that, not as a threat there, but having it there as an incentive for the lads, they wanted to have the best calves and they knew we were going to test it. And it did show and it did work. So I suppose having this in place, like I know a lot of dairy beef lads have dairy farmers that they buy off every year. So a lot of lads will have a fella that will take their bull calves and he'll go off and rear them and finish them. But I suppose to be fair to him and to keep that partnership up, you have to do the calf right as well. Mm. Um, talk to me about the genetics then was there any issue in terms of uh, farmers a little bit wary of um, Chloe and Alan sitting down to pick the bulls and uh, yeah was there, was there certain criteria that you still selected obviously in terms of yeah. Cavanese gestation lens very important how did you select those bulls and is that I, the something the farmers were very open to or a little bit sceptical of Chloe I suppose Look, I suppose the selection of the bulls was definitely Alan's area of things and it definitely wasn't taken uh, with a pinch of salt either. Lads were challenging him on it, which is fair enough. Like they're the ones that have to have to cab him. But I suppose the first emphasis we put on is we lost the dairy farmer because everyone is different as to what their threshold for calving is, calving difficulty. Mm. And you have to work off that then. So now we've had no, 
like we'd be on to the lads constantly and they, they would let us know fairly fast if they were having ca- hard calvings. But we haven't we haven't had anything. So I suppose Alan does put a big emphasis on the calving ease. So what he has done is he's created a kind of a program for the lads to follow. So he's used he's four, he's picked four what he calls bull teams that the lads can be able to select from. Now it's different for every farmer, obviously, because you have to look at the cows and what type of cow you have. But we said these four bull teams, the first one would be easy calving. So these are your probably what you're going to use first to build up your numbers to get money going again in, in the dairy system. The second one then is bulls that we can use later in the breeding season. So these have shorter gestation. Um, then you have your earlier ones. So slightly longer gestation that you can use earlier in your breeding season. These probably be your limousines, and your charlas. And then your high beef merit sires at the end of the season. So, like, these are all criteria he has used. And we have it also in place that the lads have to use at least three breeds across the board. So, and like, this can't be your Angus or your Hereford. So they have to use three. So this is what we wanted. We wanted to find, I suppose, the alternative breed, if that's what you want to call it. Like, lads okay. are very used to using your Anguses, but there's also Arbrecht and Limousines there to select from that aren't going to impact your gestations or anything like that. So it's really that they're using a range of breeds, not only, I suppose, what would have been your your um, traditional beef breeds used on yeah. the dairy. Yeah, so the primarily breeds that we have on the farm today are Angus, uh, Aubrex, Salers, Limousines, your Partenays, and um, we have uh, Sailors in there as well. So Very a good. big mix. like so. And uh, tell us then, in terms of the type of system, right, you're running steers on heifers, What's the plan in terms of um, age of slaughter type of system you run in terms of finishing yeah. targets, weights, that sort of so stuff? So I suppose I mentioned there that we had 2021 born animals that would have been slaughtered um, mm. on Christmas gone past. We actually had an outbreak of TB, so we had to cull fairly heavily on that. So we lost a lot of data in that. So it's not really anything that we can go off. The system that we had, a lot of these animals were fit and they were killing in spec for us at 18 to 24 months. That's the aim for us. Um, definitely gone before 24 months. They just they have to be to suit the system. Um, everything, we'll aim to get as many heifers, just they're going to finish earlier off of grass um, and get as many gone as we can before they hit the shade. Realistically, you're going to probably have all your heifers gone and you're going to be left with a few steers there probably over the winter. Aim to have our steers killing at a carcass about 310 to 320, that kind of way. And uh, our heifer is going to be a bit lighter at 270, 280. Um, so that's kind of the system we're running. But I suppose we do put a big emphasis on the CBV index, which is, um, I suppose, relatively new thing launched within ICBF there. So it's your commercial beef value that's put on the animal's beef traits. So I suppose in essence, it's basically what we, we put this in as well for the this was a major focus as well when we were picking sires. So we paid the dairyman based on the calf CBV. Mm-hmm. So we took an average of calves that went through the marts in doubles or triples, so in groups. So obviously we were buying in batches as well. So we went on that and we took the average of bulls that went through for certain ages and heifers that went through and we created a base. So we gave a base price of 163 euro for bulls and 127 euro for the heifer. So the base price for CBV is 80 euro. So if you can produce an animal that's 100 euro CBV value, we'll give you 20 euro extra. So euro for euro above your um, your 80 euro base. Yep. So 
our average CBV is 115 for the this year's calves that we've brought in purely from the genetics that Alan selected to get us to that level. National average is 65 euro. Yeah. So in essence, so it's it's really those genetics that you're selecting that's driving that, and and yeah. you have an incentive in there in terms of the higher beef merit calves. Ultimately, you're paying a premium for them. Um, yeah. At birth. And like that um, can. Lads can pick these just as easy as they'll pick their dairy sires. Like if you're looking at your EBI index, just switch to your DBI index and you'll find these bulls and you'll be able to create these high CBV calves as well for themselves going forward. Yeah, and we, w- we would have had a conversation a few weeks ago on that ultimately in terms of being mindful that, about the beef sub-index um, and the calving sub-index um, and I suppose using bulls that are that are balanced, but then also in terms of, as you said, there's teams of bulls for the m- more mature cows that are slightly heavier weighted towards the beef sub-index. Yep. Um, a question in there in terms of, and it's probably one at the moment, tra- transitioning calves, any issues transitioning calves from that kind of weaning period or what's the protocols first in terms of when calves come in, the amount of powder, when do you switch to once a day? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have a fairly strict protocol that we would have fol- followed from what Nikki is Nikki Byrne is doing above in Grange. Um so there's an awful lot of research gone into this and we've followed what Nikki has done. So basically calves come into us and they have to be two weeks of age. They came into us, I think, this year an average of eighteen days, so it kind of suited us. Um they come into us after trans like it could take three, four hours for calves to come up from parts of West Cork to us. So, you know, the slight stress on them within reason so when they come into us whatever time they come in we pick the day and the week as well just to make it easier for the lads on the farm so calves are coming into us every tuesday when they come in they receive two liters of electrolyte straight away and they're put into a pen straw water the whole lot at feeding time then so they usually come into us around dinner hour and the lads will start feeding calves then a half a tree so that group of calves that came in on that day will receive one liter of milk powder as well now some lads might question it. We had it at the three litres or the two and a half litres there as well for that first feed. We found it was kind of sickening calves. They hadn't settled fully in within the time. causing It wasn't causing problems, but calves just weren't happy. So we pulled it back to a litre and then the calves, by the next morning, they had settled and they were up and they were looking for milk and they were willing to drink. So that was just something we changed early on. Uh, a lot of our calves as well are coming off whole milk. So I suppose some lads kind of, they might make the mistake when they buy in calves to maybe dilute it down a small bit and try and, try and I suppose, the concentration of it, thinking they're doing the right thing for the calf. If you reduce the concentration, you're actually making it harder for that calf to clot it so they're more likely to scour. So I think that's a small thing that it's a key point that lads need to, to remember as well. But yeah. we've had no, we were lucky enough now when calves are coming on, we had no major outbreaks of scours or anything like that. Calves are coming to us healthy as well, which is the key thing. Um, They stay on, so we take their, we go for their overall lifetime age. We don't get it from the day we start. We take it from their birth date and we go by the youngest animal in the batch and then we treat them as a batch. So from that youngest animal, we calculate on 25 days. So from birth so zero day zero to day 25 they'll be on three liters of milk morning and evening and that's made up of um 0.125 of gram or 0.125 grams um per liter is the mix we go with so about 12 and a half percent concentration i think is roughly what we're going with um and they'll stay on that as i say until day 25 of life then we'll transition them from day 25 to day 30 so usually starting a monday and by friday they'll be transitioned to once a day so we'll go four liters of milk same concentration 
um, and four litres of milk and they'll stay on that then roughly day 30 to day 64 which will be weaning and we'll just count back five days then again Monday to Friday kind of job and they'll be weaned off usually have um, just kind of leave them settle in the shed then for a day or two we've had no it's gone very smooth for us um, we've been very lucky in the fact that it has gone very smooth we've had no problems calves are turned out to grass we're lucky with one shed we have the option of leaving calves in and out um, which worked well for a younger batch because they had all the bad rain there the last the last two weeks so definitely suited them so we've three batches then that we wean so we have three sheds so three batches um first shed is out to grass now with probably a month or so they'd have been your late january early february calves they're flying it they're doing really well starting to get really into the grazing now still on a kilo of nuts and they probably will be on a kilo of nuts probably until another week or so i'd say um but in terms of transitioning going out to grass it's gone very smooth for us. We don't do anything special. We just have a straw out in the fields for them to pick at, and they do pick at it. Um, and they just have the bit of roughage there and the nuts as well, just to keep them a bit settled. But in terms of it, I know lads can run into big problems, but we have been very lucky. So, And really, how much concentrate then at that point, weaning point, day 64 to 65, what sort of level of concentrate are those calves eating at that They'd be eating, yeah. Forward. So we do have a bit of criteria as well. I actually should have said that when we do wean them, they have to be. So we we weigh everything before we wean, and they have to be a minimum of eighty kilo. I think our average is actually seventy nine, and a rough uh, weaning date I think is seventy two. That's just off the top of my head now. It's in and around that. They have to be eating at least a kilo a meal before the weaning process. Um and as I said the big thing is really gradually weaning them off I think that's something later in the year lads forget about they're kind mm. of more focused on the weaning process earlier in the year and doing it gradually I suppose you get fed, fed up with feeding milk as well later in the year and you'll just cut it off and I suppose you might, might, might pay for that later in the summer then yep I get you and really then as you're saying you're, you haven't had issues in terms of summer grass or, or the likes it's that transition then keeping some concentrate in the diet Straw yeah. is an option for cows at, at, and then gradually taking that concentrate out of the system then over yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, I suppose the the, la- the last question I, I possibly have for you there is obviously it's a demonstration farm. We've talked about the farm, how you're selecting calves. There's obviously going to be a lot of data coming through in terms of not only genetics and the impact that that has, but the overall performance and the system you're actually running. Um, economics is going to be part of that as well, Chloe, yeah? Yep. Yep. So how are you going to how are you going to get this information? What's the plan? Um, will have people listening to this? Is it open days? Is it discussion groups visiting? What, how, how are we actually going to sp- spread the knowledge as such? Yeah, so I suppose when we started, we had a lot of, I suppose, in-house. We had a lot of Chagas lads and obviously our shareholders and people looking on, wondering how things are going. So we have had a lot of people up. I suppose when we brought in cars, we stopped discussion groups coming in just to be fair to everyone and biosecurity and the whole lot. We stopped it for calves, um, just while we had calves on milk. 
bringing in people but I, I'd hope in the month of June that we start bringing in discussion groups and, and lads will be able to come up to us and have a look at the farm and see what we're doing we've come an awful long way we're only here a year a year and two months now really at the moment like and if you saw it day one to where it is now you wouldn't believe the change that we have done but definitely trying to get the information out we welcome as many groups as possible if lads want to come they can get in contact with myself and we can organize something we're probably a bit off an open day yet, but maybe next year we might we might look at doing something or have a kind of a something that we can bring in farmers to have a look at what we're doing. But yeah, definitely just I suppose gathering the data is the big thing at the moment and trying to get a base of where we're at and see mm. can we build on that. So there's a lot of work to be done yet in that side of things. But definitely we, we want lads to come in, we want lads to look at this and we want people to go home and take points home from what we're doing that they can bring home and do as well. So, and is a lot of this going to be channeled through the Dairy B Five Hundred program? How is that? Like, I'm sure yeah. there's going to be tech yeah. notes and updates. No, we will. So, we will be. We're the demonstration farm for the Dairy B Five Hundred program. So, we've had the Dairy B Five Hundred farmers down because obviously we're working the closest with them. They were down very early. They'll probably be the first group back into us now when we open the gates. Probably around the first of June, they'll be the first group back down, and we'll be in contact with them constantly. We work closely with the team there in the Dairy B 500. Um, but yeah, definitely, we'd be probably putting a lot of our results out through the Dairy Beef system, through the Dairy B 500 system as well. Um, and I suppose we probably will later on launch maybe our own channels there on, on social media that people can keep up to date with us as well. Very good. Um, look, I think we've given listeners a good insight as to all the work that's going on um, on the farm um, plenty of practical tips there throughout too, Chloe, in terms of how these are actually managing calves. And, and that's the big one in terms of reducing any health issues, making sure performance is is, is on point as such. Um, that reduces the workload um, significantly in terms of in these systems as well, Chloe, if, if, if there isn't health issues on the farm. Yeah. Come here, thanks very much. Um, if anyone has any further um request with regards to information you can contact myself or contact chloe um and we'll get in touch um next week we have liam mccabe liam's from board bia and liam's going to um discuss dairy markets and where they're at heading into the second half of 2023 so as always folks um it's a busy period on farms so do farm safely and we'll see you next week that's all for this week's bonus episode from the let's talk dairy webinar series And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with the usual Dairy Edge podcast on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Stuart Childs, and thanks for listening.